Once upon a time, there was a woman who lived with her husband, her two children, and her elderly parents in a very small home near a village. She tried to be patient and gracious, but the noise, the crowded conditions wore her down so much. So in desperation, she consulted the the village wise man, and the wise man asked her, Do you have a rooster? We got a rooster on our bulletin today. Do you have a rooster? She said, yeah. Well, keep the rooster inside with your family and come back and see me next week. Well, the next week, the woman came to see the wise man again and told him that living conditions had totally deteriorated. The rooster was crowing and making a mess. The wise man said, do you have goats? And the, wise, uh, the woman nodded with some hesitation, and he said, yeah, take the goats into the house with you as well, and come and see me next week. And over the next few weeks, on the advice of the village wise man, the woman made room in her house for two dogs, a guinea pig, and all of her brother's children. And finally, the woman could take it no more, and in a fit of anger, kicked all the animals and all the guests out, leaving her with her husband and her two children and her elderly parents, and the home suddenly became so spacious and so quiet, and everyone lived happily ever after. (laughs) It's all in your perspective, right? The way we see life, the way we live life, it's so much determined by our perspectives on our circumstances. We would do well always to pay attention to our perspectives. This is the season of Lent, and Lent is a time to give attention to our perspectives. Whom do we trust? How well are we loving and serving God with our daily life? How can we be more loving, more faithful? What gets our time and energy, and what could we be doing that deepens our faithfulness. We have a long story today from the gospel according to John. In fact, it's the longest recorded conversation that Jesus has with anyone. And it's one that invites us to think about our perspectives. What do we focus on? Is it our past? Is it our present? Is it our future? Listen now to the text today from John 4. So Jesus came to a Samaritan city called Sychar near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews, as we heard from Hannah today, do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, You have no bucket, and this well is deep. Where do you get that living water? 
Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us the well and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have, a, or have to keep coming here to draw water. And Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right in saying I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You, will wor your, you worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is here now when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. Just then his disciples came. They were astonished that he was speaking with a woman, but no one said, what do you want? Or why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? They left the city and were on their way to him. And I'm jumping now to verse 39. Many Samaritans from that city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I've ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. This is the word of the Lord. So many things are interesting about this very long conversation between Jesus and the woman. Maybe the first thing that we should say that is most interesting is that this conversation even happened. Two taboos are violated right here. First, a religious teacher is speaking to a woman in public. And second, we have Jews and Samaritans, as Hannah was talking, who have a long history of animosity. And they're interacting with each other in an in, even in intimate ways, talking about very personal things and even possibly sharing water. There are other interesting things about this long conversation. The woman is a Samaritan, but she doesn't have a name in this long story. She has a complicated past, five husbands, and finally... It's very remarkable, uh, this story, because so many people, especially Samaritans, come to faith. 
because Jesus keeps crossing boundaries and Jesus keeps surpassing assumptions about God and about grace and about God's purposes. So let's start with some attention on this woman, a person, I think, that might be like a lot of us, maybe most of us. She has lost her perspective. Her perspective is askew because she is haunted and held down by her past. She's also perplexed about the present, and she seems pretty sure about the future, what to live for, what to live toward, maybe like we find ourselves sometimes, perhaps often, she's at an impasse, stuck, discouraged, wandering in a maze that seemingly has no center. Think about it. Here's a woman whose past continues to plague her. She has had five husbands and is working on a sixth. Now, we must be careful to recall that divorce in the ancient world could be quite random, easily accomplished by men in that culture, the men in her life. We cannot jump to conclusions about the woman because of this number, five and working on six. Moreover, we should remember that the gospel writer John uses lots of numbers. And who knows if they're to be taken literally. Lots of numbers, and maybe they're figuratively, maybe they're literal. What we can conclude, really, is that the woman's past has problems. Problems that plague her present and problems that are affecting her sense of future. But Jesus engages her lures her into a conversation that includes honest talk about her past, but also offers her a way forward into a present and into a future that gives her life. This is most instructive. Pay attention. Jesus can deal with the past. This woman's past, your past, my past, whatever might be problematic for our lives. Jesus can deal with it. And Jesus keeps calling us to a better present and a better future. Charlie Brown and Linus, his buddy, are walking along and they're talking. Linus turns to his friend and says, you know, Charlie Brown, I guess we spend too much time worrying about Tomorrow, I guess we ought to spend more time savoring today, you know, living in the present. And Charlie Brown responds, buddy, there is no hope in that. I'm still hoping that yesterday will, be, will get better. <laughs> Isn't that how we find ourselves often? Our yesterdays can consume us and we spend this energy hoping that our yesterdays might get better. Like the woman at the well, we have a hard time shaking the past, maybe. Do you think God wants us dwelling on the past? Jesus doesn't condemn this woman. 
about her past at all, even with many husbands. He invites her into a present full of spirit and truth on to a journey of wholeness and hope toward life, life gushing, water gushing to eternal life. Maybe we could take more seriously the words of the psalmist. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. As we see with Jesus in this story, God is always calling us out of the past, no matter what happened about our past, into a present and toward a future with God. But it's not just our past that can haunt us. We can be so limited by the things that are going on right now in our present. What gets your attention in these days? Doctor visits, medical appointments, they can consume our days. Frustrations, transitions, worries about our loved ones, all this can change our perspectives about what, how we see things. Financial uncertainties, global or environmental concerns, these things can haunt us. Our emphasis, our attention is often only on the immediate problems and the circumstances that we're dealing with right now. Present circumstances, whatever they are, can so much limit the horizon of what we see. Certain things certainly warrant our attention, no doubt, in our present. But when they paralyze us, when they perplex us, we are off track. This woman at the well is there all alone. So loneliness and isolation may be things that shape her present. It's the middle of the day, it says, not the early morning or the evening when others might come to this famous well. When Jesus engage, engages her, she thinks in very concrete terms, Sir, you have no bucket. What do you mean? Living water. Do you sense her perspective as can happen to all of us? It appears clear that her present is dry, parched, like the area around the well. She says, I know the Messiah is coming, but she's so caught up in life's current challenges. She wants relief, not only from her past, but from her present circumstances, her current struggles. And Jesus responds to her question, I am he, the one who is speaking to you right here I am he the one speaking to you actually in the original in the original Greek there is no he in this statement of Jesus this is added in the English so it'll seemingly make better sense as far as the gospel of John is concerned Jesus is essentially uttering the name of God I am it's the same name revealed in the book of Exodus, chapter 3, to Moses, Moses said to God, if they ask me who's sending me to confront Pharaoh, God says to Moses only, I am. Say, I am. So we have heard this before. We've heard it before. Jesus' point is this. 
If you want to know how and where God can be authentically experienced and known, well, I'm right here. I'm right here. I am in your presence, not limited to the temple, not limited to some experience somewhere, not limited to any dwelling anywhere, but here. I am beside this well, the Messiah. And it is the message for our lives. God is always present in your moments. I am, Jesus says. Right in front of you, he means. That's something we need to hear in our days. Here's the point. When you drink from the living water, when you encounter and follow Jesus, you're no longer haunted by your past. You are free to live out of it, live from it, live away from it. And when you drink from the living water, encounter and strive to follow Jesus in faithfulness, you're present. Your circumstances, no matter where you are, what you're fighting, it all takes on holy new dimensions. Christ always meets us right where we are and calls us to life and faith and hope and love. And that is a love and peace that never lets us go. Never. So Jesus' response here, I am, is the first of many sayings that follow in the gospel according to John. Jesus later will say, I am the bread. I am the vine. I am the light. I am the way. And they keep on following in this. The point When you drink from the living water, when you eat of the bread, when you connect to the vine, when you open to the light, when you seek to be part of the way, with courage and with commitment, you're moving toward God. And it's not some pie-in-the-sky prosperity waiting for you. It's the creator of the universe right in your midst, going with you, holding you forever, offering hope regardless. In other words, this living water that Jesus speaks about with the Samaritan woman, this long and ancient conversation, this encounter at the well reminds us of powerful and important truths. God keeps calling us out of our past. God meets us and blesses us in our present, regardless of what we're struggling with. And God gives us a future with hope and love in God's abiding care forever. Past, present, future. If you're hoping for some good news today, there it is. Our regrets, our failings in the past, whatever they might be, our worries and stresses in the present, as complex as they might seem, our uncertainties and concerns about the future, just like the Samaritan woman at the well, they're all enfolded into God's abounding love and care forever. It's so often about our perspective, isn't it? It's about our perspective. This living water gushing to eternal life is for all of us, no matter what.
We seek to open our hearts. We seek to lean into God's love and care. We seek to drink from the living water. We seek to be fed by this boundless grace. And we seek to commit our lives to following, loving, serving as faithful disciples of Jesus. May it be so. Amen. Let us pray. Holy God, you shower us with boundless grace. You meet us we're right wherever we're, we find ourselves. Keep prodding us with your Spirit, moving us to deeper faithfulness. We seek to follow Christ our Lord. Amen.